What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with my co-host. Anaya Bo. And we are hanging out. Rad Parenting about to start right now. We are so close to moving into the studio. I showed it to you today. What do you think so far? It looks great. Yeah. Do you like Just the- like we're at the finishing touches phase, I think. Do you like the chairs I got you? I do. Yeah. They're very orange. comfy. I love orange. It's one of my favorite colors. Yeah. If, is there? Do you know the, the significance be, behind orange? Why it makes me feel just chill? No, I love tell it. me. I don't know. Oh, I'm oh, you're, you. I, you're you're actually. <laughs> I have no idea, Joe. Yeah, I find it's a very pleasant color. Like, I love it. Yellow is um, a little bit. It's yeah, it's different to me. Orange is like somewhere between the brightness of yellow and the I don't know something swankiness of red. It We've keeps me both. stoked. It keeps me stoked. That's what it, it is. Uh, we skipped a week last week. We took a break. I thought that was important to Everybody do. Needs every Everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a little time away. <laughs> I I'm say. back in seventh grade. Chicago. Yes. Is that Chicago? I love Chicago. It's either Chicago Even or Air Supply. Need a hideaway. Wow. Joe. What's going on in the hideaway? Time, time to go on tour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, before we start... Uh, for the people that tuned in two weeks ago when we did KABC, that was super, super fun. Shout out to Dr. Suzanne and Greg Barrett for coming uh, on the show. We had a blast. And hopefully we'll be doing more of that uh, at the KABC studios. That'd be fun. Did you enjoy live radio? I did. Um, I've, I've only done like, I've done a few interviews, like quick in and out for my book and stuff like that. But this was really a whole new territory for me to, to actually, for us to be on the air for, what were we on? Like two hours, Two right? hours. Who does that? We. It was awesome. We did that. It was, you know what? I, the thing I loved about it was that it was different from the podcast in the sense, and you just brought this up, was we were skimming a lot of topics. We didn't get to really give you the meat on the bone type thing, but uh, I felt that- in that two-hour period, we covered so much ground. You want to know one of my favorite parts? What was your favorite part? Was the musical accompaniment. Oh, gosh. He was so rad. He was so on point with the music, the ins and the outs, and just being so, yeah, in line with what we were talking about. It was very impressive. It really set the tone for a Friday night. Yes. I loved it. Oh, I think we, it would be nice to have somebody in our studio doing that on the regs. I know. The only bummer is, is that you can't have music on a podcast. That makes sense because we'd have to pay royalties. Yeah, you pay. Yeah. Well, it's just got they it. don't allow that um, that space. Or you can't have music, but then you, you know it's got to be music you've created. Well, then we just have to do more radio. Yeah, or I can just sing more Chicago. Yeah. No. All right. Hey, uh, <laughs> I want to jump into something uh, that happened this weekend, and it, it, it it's going to tie into our show today because we're going to dive into the emails. We get a ton of them, and it dictates a lot of times where, what direction the show so can go in. So please keep them coming. Radparenting at gmail.com. Right now, though, I'm going to tell you uh, just a quick story that happened here at the house on Saturday. Uh, my son, Nate, having a group of uh, friends over to the house, two dudes. Mm-hmm. So it was three guys. They're going to hang out. They're going to go skating. Uh, There's a couple spots they wanted to hit, and they were going to go hang out at like the mall that we kind of have near our house. And But it was two new kids that were going to come, and they weren't from the crew that he normally hangs out with. And it was, it was, it was two kids that I would say were on the cooler sense. Hmm. You know, they're just cooler kids. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 um, by, by Joe Sibbs definition. Well, of- no, I, when I'm saying cooler, I'm just, I, you know how you're sometimes are, are, at least with, with my son, he has his friends that he's been friends with since like first grade mm-hmm. and they've all gone through their journey together. And then all of a sudden, as you get into seventh and eighth grade, new kids with, and I'll say it right here, parents that are, especially here in Los Angeles that are more involved in the entertainment industry and may have access and influences. Got it. To, uh, 
to a lifestyle right. that might not be the same as our household. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes. And I sure. really want to preface this because they could be listening to the show right now. Not bad. Not bad things, right. but it could range from like, wow, you know, the the shoes you are wearing are, you know, not the shoes that we've afforded in this house, right? Like, and, re- and really, the bottom line sense? is sure. And really, it sounds like the bottom line is two kids that are coming from the outside that you don't have the same familiarity with that you do with all of other of his other friends. And if their parents are listening right now, I have to say the play date went great. These kids were great. I love nice. them. They were super respectful, super super cool, but. What I'm going to set it up with is before they came here, we had a round table, Karen, myself, and my son. And it was just, hey, dude, these guys that are coming over, um, tell us a little bit about their vibe. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that started getting thrown around on the table and my son was saying to me was, you know, dad, last time so-and-so was here and he used the F word and mom got super mad and da, da, da. And I'm <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's rewind. Okay, here's the deal. Uh it's there is an issue with language that we have to be respectful. Uh, now he goes, but when I'm around you and my friends, you and he was going down the road of dad, you know how dudes talk. Mm. He used that phrase. Okay, mom, you don't even know how dudes talk. And mom's looking at me, going, "I'm married to the dude. This is the dude. <laughs> like you, your father and I. You're a dude because I married a dude. A dude like, right? Yes. And I was listening." Mm-hmm. And at this point, Karen and I are going, in my mind, I'm like, united front, like our episode. Here we go. What ended up happening was I started to go into letting my son know, hey, man, check it out. I get how dudes talk, and you guys are going to be hanging around, and some guys are talking about girls this way, and some guys are talking about girls this way. And it, and it kept going, and out of, it just out of left field, Karen just went, whoa, what are you saying in front of my son? And I was looking at her like, well, I'm not done with my thought here. Right. But it, it, I'd hit on a hot topic, and you know the topic I'm talking about is this, oh, that's just locker room talk. Right. That's the way guys talk, which right. we went through in November, and we don't yes. need to go into that episode. But you know what I'm talking about, grabbing you know, the word. And, and ultimately, you were trying to like preface it to be like, we're not having what that. I was, what, what, but, it, but it's such a hot topic. Yes. And my wife was like, whoa, Joe, tell me you're not going down that. And I, but then- but the only thing was, she had that conversation right in front of mm-hmm. Nate. So the united front was broken. And the airplane <laughs> that is called parenting of Nate yeah. was now completely pilotless. It was just right. like... Or, or at least that was your concern, is that Nate was looking at you two going, who's steering the ship? Who's flying this plane? Do you two know what the heck you're doing? Okay. Now, because I did that episode, A, I, I chilled on like, we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this in for a landing... Mm-hmm. And I said, babe, check it out. Can I finish what I was saying? She said, yes. I said, look, Nate, here's the deal. Nate's my son. I said, just like clothing, just like music, just like a hat, just like different, you're going you know, to start out maybe on Santa Cruz skateboards and then you're going to go to Pal Peralta. You're going to always be changing different things. And you know what? Language is the same way. And as you're growing up, you're trying on different words. You're trying on different ways you talk. And I'm just going to tell you this right now as your dad, the dude that talks about women that way and the dude that's saying this and the guy that's saying that, I'm just telling you right now, it ain't happening. And the reason it ain't happening is A, it's not cool. And those guys are never hanging out with girls because no one wants that kind of person around them. Right. And all I'm going to say to you right now is this. 
I get it. You're hanging with your friends. You're hanging with anybody. F-words come out. It's easy to slip into that. Yeah. I'm not concerned about an F-bomb being dropped. But what I am concerned with and what we won't have is talking about anybody like they're an object. Nice. Well done, Joseph. Yeah. and, 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 And he was like, he's like, point taken. Like, got it. So, nice. so I'm like, dude, you can, you know, I get it. You're with your friends and you're skating a curb. You're like, dude, that was effing rad. Like, right. I'm not going to say anything. Dude, no effing way. Like, right. I get it. It's an adjective. But we don't whatever. disrespect other human beings. We don't objectify other human beings. That's not cool. And as long as everybody keeps thinking, well, that's just what boys do, then boys are going to keep doing that. Actually, and you know what? And I, and I can't stand it so much when people say, well, that's just boys being boys. Yep. Because, hey, I'll tell you right now, I've heard plenty of women talk just as much like a boy. I don't. I don't feel it's. It's. It, it shouldn't just be one sided. Like because well, it, it it happens in both camps, and it's just all about. I think. Uh, I think it's just really all about uh, making sure that you just use your words and use the language that you want to to to, to say fit. what you mean and mean what you say. And also, you can try it on. But I'll tell you right now, from a guy. This is a guy that swears you know here and there but when you hear yourself swear never sounds cool you yep. know it really never yep. does it doesn't but the good was back to united front at the end he bailed karen and i had a conversation and we both admitted you know what man next time we have a hurdle like that that we needed you know let's not have that discussion right in front of nate so that we can keep the united front going Nice. Does that make sense? Well done. Totally. There you totally. go. So that's a little snapshot into real rad parenting that's going on in our house. So now what we're going to go, uh, we're going to drop into is that I got an email here uh, at Rad Parenting. That at, also happens to mention being a united front. Exactly. So uh, this is at radparenting at gmail.com. And uh, it's from Colton Parks. Anea, you can set it up for uh, Colton. Thank you so much for the email. Yeah. Thanks, Colton. So so basically, and this it, it's a nice, thorough email, which is why we're going to quickly summarize. But basically, Colton has a four-year-old son, um, plus a new little daughter. And he he's his email basically is like, my four-year-old has more toys than a kid should have in a lifetime. He They're all his, over our house. He says his house is like 1,100 square foot. It's their starter house. And he says, no room can he go into without stepping on a toy. Right. So the kid has a lot. And, and Colton's also sensitive to just sort of materialism and, and having a bunch of stuff because he mentions in the email that his own family really took a hit at the, you know, during the collapse in 2008, which a lot of us felt. And this whole idea of like, you know, all this stuff can be, go away so quickly. Um, and he really wants to teach his son uh, to not be so dependent on things. And he's really concerned about the degree of spoiling. Yeah. Yeah, Especially now with a new little daughter coming, or on with his daughter right. uh, that's that's now two two and a half years old. Uh, and what he said right at the top of the email, which kind of grabbed your attention and my attention, was afraid my son is becoming spoiled, and I need to stop it soon. Uh, one area that uh, ties back into United Front was his wife and him. Even with the maybe the picking up of the toys, I think. Well, yeah, mentioned. I think that he's trying to. He is really sensitive to this, and I understand that. And trying to change the behavior and have his kid not be freaking out every time he doesn't get what he wants. And he's his perspective is that his wife is not supporting him in that, and now he's concerned. And I think he's, he actually said his daughter is twelve weeks old, so it's a kind of a, a fresh start. There you go. And saying like, if we're not a united front, we're not on the same page about this. How are we going to a undo 
mistakes we may have made in terms of spoiling our son so that we don't follow the same path with our, our new daughter. Here's an opportunity. Let's undo that and do it better the second time around so that both of our kids have perspective. My, my first question I got to ask you, Anaya, is do you feel that with the parenting that we're talking about right here, do you think we are making our kids spoiled? I do. Okay. And, and re- that's an interesting, I really do think it's an interesting like wording, you know, talking about spoiling our kids, but it really does. It, it turns out that there's now research coming out. It's probably not like the first time that this has been, there have been studies done, but that basically giving our kids too much and, and here's the other piece that Colton's email didn't touch on, but I would certainly include, um, giving our kids too much of our time, right? Which you know, it may sound crazy, but too much stuff, too much of our time where we're doing too much for our kids is actually hindering their healthy development socially and emotionally. And I think the minute that you start seeing research like that, you have to pause and go, okay, maybe we've gotten carried away. A lot of times as parents, and I think we've touched on this on the show before, we, we start to attempt to fill deficiencies that we perceive in our own childhood. So if our parents were really busy, or in your case, you know, mom and dad were divorced and maybe you didn't feel like you got enough time from either of them, we start to compensate for that and assume that we need to do it better for our kids. And sometimes that gets carried away if we set patterns that sort of take on a life of their own. Yeah. The, everything you're saying right there, I, I, as you're saying it, I, I just think to, even with raising my kids, the amount of time, the amount that, the, how much time we are available mm-hmm. and, and even getting to a point that, that when I'm, when, and it's not so much now, but I remember at a certain point when the kids were younger, just being there, just everything that, everything for them. And at a certain point, I remember talking to a therapist and I go, gosh, sometimes I feel so guilty if I'm not there and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm out on the road, you know, doing shows, I, I feel like I should be back home or I'm always the first one to like get that flight out the next morning. And, and she said to me the, something that changed everything. She said, the reason you feel that way is because you're trying to have a relationship with your kids that you didn't have with your own parents. Yes. And even though my relationship with my parents was great, subconsciously, I guess I wanted to have more hang time with them. Sure. And at the time, that wasn't available. They both were working full time, and it's a total different setup than we have at our house. Do you feel that applies to... That maybe the parents are listening right now. Well, yeah, and it's so. This is an interesting thing because I have, and our listeners have probably picked up on this. I mean, I feel very, very strongly that when we bring children into the world, first of all, please do it consciously. Like I think we need to really do as much as we can to make it a conscious decision, not like, oh, I'm following the script, or oh, I've got this void I want to fill, but like really, like, is this a thing that I'm ready to take on, and can I fulfill this essentially lifelong obligation uh, on a variety of levels? Um, but once we've made that decision, I feel very, very strongly that we do need to step up and and do our best for our children. And I would say that most parents, in fact, with the pace that we keep and the amount of time that we have to spend working just to make ends meet, that usually giving our kids too much time is not an issue, but we start to compensate for the fact that we're so busy by either giving them stuff or trying to do everything for them when we can do it, when we are present. And we have to be really, really careful, and this is just another part of conscious parenting, to really, really understand what impact it might have and how we actually are making our kids dependent on us and and having an, the underdeveloped aspects of their healthy beings um, by doing too much. So let's dive into that and like look at a few of the areas and and the few of the impacts that it may have to be doing too much or giving our kids too much. 
One of the things I noticed in Colton's email was his wife was talking about when we have all the, we have all the toys out there, uh, she rewards him for just picking up the toys. Mm -hmm. And that was a real issue for Colton. He's like, Hey, look, why can't he just pick up the toys just because they need to be picked up and put them away. And, and then also there's this reward system that he mentioned if, if his son's good during the day, a marble goes in a mm-hmm. jar. If enough marbles go in the jar, we take a trip to Target. And that really was another thing that was that was getting Colton like, what is going on? Right. There's a toy showing up every day, and now we can't even pick up the stuff we have. Right. What do you think about sure. both of those things going on? Because I don't want to throw Colton's wife underneath the bus. Yeah. But these, this so is what he's asking So the first part us. of it, I actually think, is really healthy. Like when kids are young... They, having a system, we just, the the fact of being human is that we respond to positive reinforcement, sometimes also negative reinforcement, but but we know that that children respond best uh, rather than punitive measures to have positive affirmation. So his wife is totally on the right track in terms of having even a tangible reward system in terms of the marbles, not the toys, but the marbles, something that their little son, their little boy can see, oh my gosh, like I did a good thing. I was kind. I was thoughtful. I picked up my toys. Those are things that are going to help to reinforce the behaviors that they want their son to do. We should all want our kids to be picking up after themselves doing their part, being part of the team. The, in my opinion, where it's going off the rails is with, then we're going to go to Target and get a thing. So beyond the marbles, which are tangible, but are not like giving you, giving him new toys, um, where that to me is a healthy um, approach, the minute that you start teaching a kid that in when you're good, when you do well in the world, when you're being your best your best self, that there's going to be a, a, a thing that you're going to get. Because what that does is make the kid dependent on getting stuff for good behavior instead of the intrinsic value of like, oh, it feels good when I do something like pick up my toys and I see mommy's really excited and I get a marble in the jar. I totally agree so much with you. Even around our household, a lot of times when I ask the kids, hey, I need to do A on the weekends, make a list. I need you to do A, B, and C for me. My daughter, all right, boom. My son, boom, we put it down. Here we go, let's go. And there's been times, what are you going to pay me? I go, what am I going to pay you? Check out the roof over your head, bro. Those shoes that you have on. I've yes. already I've already paid you. Uh and, and it, no, it's. It, it's I'm just, going through this with my 21 year old yeah, now. Yeah, it's. It goes through this attitude of I need more, where in reality, it's be grateful for what you have, and what I'm asking you to do isn't chores. I'm asking you to help out to as, be part of the team as a member of this family. Yes. yes. Next thing I want to say is that I also feel I like the idea of the marbles in the jar. And what you're saying is, can't the marbles in the jar be enough? Look how many marbles I got because I was a team player today. Right. I get where the mom's coming from because at a certain point, it's like, all right, we we need to reward that. With maybe some reasonable amount of marbles. But not a trip every day to Target. Absolutely not. The next thing that I want to ask you is that do you feel that that also is leading to this idea that everything and every day – has to be an epic experience for our kids. I feel, I see this a lot where, hey, we're gonna go to the Dodgers game and that should be enough. We're gonna sit in center field, pay whatever we can in the sun and sweat it out with everybody else. Oh, really? We're not gonna be up front? Oh, we're not in the box? Oh, you know, and you're like with other kids in the box. Like Mm -hmm. I I didn't sit in the box until I was a 30 year old man, you know, like, and, and so for me, that's always a trigger. Like, we're gonna sit where everyone else sits, right? And I and I and the, the what I'm touching on is I feel that it leads to everything has to be extraordinary all the time. 
a sleepover on Saturday or Friday night isn't good because we got to have a sleepover on Saturday, Saturday as well. And then on Sunday, we got to do this, we got to do that. And I feel that, and I want to ask you, is if you're always creating and rewarding your children with all of these, and I use the word epic, just mm-hmm. these huge, like these, everything has to be grand. Everything, we have, we're not going to watch one movie. We're going to watch three and we're not going to get this on the pizza. We're going to get a big, you know, all yes. of this because we're going to supersize our experience. Mm-hmm. What does that do to the young mind of a kid? Okay. So in, in very like brief, yeah. Every one of those things is teaching our children that happiness, that their sense of, of, you know, life is awesome, is coming from an external source. We are never helping them to develop that sense of their own self-soothing, self-created joy. Um, all of those things are really, really important. Touch on the self-soothing again. Sure. So, so self-soothing would be anything from, you know, your kid wakes up in the middle of the night and, and is scared and can't sleep and comes to your room. And instead of you just doing, and I, I've been there, been there a hundred percent, like lifting the covers and being like, oh, just crawl in. You getting up and and taking your child back to their room and maybe patting their back for a little bit, but showing them that they are capable of being brave or or having that sense of like, okay, I can go back to sleep on my own. It doesn't mean I have to, you know, crawl into mommy and daddy's bed or mommy and mommy's bed or whatever in order to be okay. And what, what the way that translates is out in the world, what we see, what research is telling us is that kids who become too dependent on external sources, whether it's for emotional satisfaction or joy, or it's that feeling of like, I have enough, that they are going to go out in the world and become adults who feel like everybody owes them something. They don't know how to create a path for themselves that is fulfilling. You know, this is going to sound almost um, like, oh God, we've heard this before. When I, this last trip to Guatemala, and I had it a little bit the first time, but I really, really felt it this time, is I have never seen so many joyful children. And I'm telling you that the kids that I spend time with when I'm in Guatemala have nothing. They have shoes that literally have holes in them. They wear the same set of clothes every day. And, and although that's unfortunate in many ways, the reality is I believe that that set of circumstance is, is, helps them develop an internal sense of like, oh, well, I can be imaginative and create joy in my life instead of having to go to Target and get a new toy because now I'm over that one and I need something else to give me a hit. It's really no different than like prep, priming your kids for an for addiction. I was just going to say I've ran into parents and friends that this I can tell happened to them when they were younger because they're chasing this every experience has to be great and and now it's on a an, an adult thing where we're not going to go to Hawaii, you know, and just be stoked that we're in Maui for 2 weeks. We have to go and we have to have the special boat trip and then we're going to fly over the island right. and then we parachute out <laughs> into an organic <laughs> strawberry. Then we eat the strawberry and then we get on the plane that's private and it's kind of not, but it's all our money and we threw it all on the credit card because then we're going to FaceTime it and then we're going to Instagram it and get Get the light, and it just well, turns into this. I'm like, what happened to just some of the best times I've ever had with my family? Motel eight just jammed in there. Motel six. Motel six. Yep. You know, and and you're just jammed in this room. Yep. And there's a pizza, and the four of us just like there's no TV because it's cable or whatever, and there's no internet because you're in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And you're like, check us 
Out. Check us out. We're actually spending time with each other. Yeah. We're interacting. And I would say that, you know, as you describe that, I, and I will say epic example, I mean, I feel like you should be like planning trips for the rich and the famous, but is that it also, we have started to attach the ability to do the epic, create the epic experiences as our sense of like, I'm a valuable human being. I, I'm successful because I do these things. And I would argue that we need to rethink the definition of success because I'm telling you that, and you will hear this from people that have like had a bout with cancer or have had a near-death experience where they go, you know what? None of that matters. And I know that now. And it can, and like with Colton's email, it can be taken away tomorrow. And so to really come back to the thing I always say about our number one job as parents is to help our children become fully functioning, independent human beings in the world that can provide for themselves, not just materialistically, not just in terms of the the economic piece, but who can self-soothe, who can figure out ways to create happiness from within, who have gratitude. It's not going to be about how easy it is to stand out in the sun on a beautiful day and cope with life. It's about standing in the rain and still having a smile on your face. That's I always right. say that. Yes. And that, that would be the self-coping. All right, let's dive back into Colton. Uh, Colton, how can Colton... The, the first thing I, I asked, I, I think if I was Colton, is like, how do I fix this with my four and a half year old? Mm-hmm. So with his son that's already gone down that road, how can they fix that? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. And, and then the second question, how do him and his wife get together? Because I'm telling you right now, I know how hard it is as a parent when you have the, your, your partner come at you and you're like, look, I am just trying to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And now you want to tell me that the marble jar isn't cool and and you're going to crumb on these toys. You try doing this, you know? So I, I gotta, I I have to be her, his wife for a second. So those are my two questions. Okay. So uh, let's go with the second first because that's the order. Can I throw out this? We are killing it in this episode I love it. How focused am I? It's a good one. Do you have lots of coffee? Like a double shot today? Okay. So let's do the second question first because that, as as you've heard before, Colton needs to talk to his wife. you're talking to Colton right now. And and Colton, so Colton, you need to talk to your wife in a really, and this is really important, that when we have uh, conversations as as partners, and the same would apply if you're speaking to a coworker or whatever. But let's just focus here. So, it's if you want to be heard, then it has to be approached with what what would is essentially called assertive communication, where you are using I statements. So it's not you know you're screwing this up, <laughs> and I have the solution. It's you know I statements and saying you know. First of all, Colton, I would strongly suggest that you do some a little bit of research online and just get back yourself up with some data because it's out there to say, here's the detriment to our children. And I know that we both care so much about our kids and we want to get this right. So here's what I found. I wanted to share this with you because I think the marble jar is the bomb. I love it. The concern I have is that the follow-up in terms of the getting these you know, material goods as a further reinforcement for our child to make good choices, to be a good person, is setting him up to be dependent upon, well, I need, if I'm going to do something good, I am, I'm expecting that there's going to be increasingly epic rewards for, for making these choices when really I just want our son to do right because it feels good inside. He likes the feeling of mommy or daddy being like, good job. God, little dude, like that's awesome that you helped picked up and you're part of our team and we're keeping our house nice and clean, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so that's number one. And I think that having that balance of really affirming this great choice with the marble jar, but expressing with some data to back you up on why you're concerned about this other, you know, the, the material part. 
So that's the first thing. If the two of you can get on the same page, the really good news is your son's only four and a half. He's still very much a little soft piece of clay that is easily molded and you can you can undo some of the the things that you're concerned about and really create some great uh, learning moments for him that will stick. And you, now that he's a big brother, you could even throw what I would throw in with your son and your wife and can be on the same page is, oh my gosh, like it's really important that you show your little sister how important it is to pick up her toys and help him be empowered by feeling the importance of making good choices because now he's got a little sister that's watching and that's going to have the double benefit of you're doing it different with your daughter in terms of your direct contact, but you're also doing it better with your daughter and helping her have a different path because she's watching her big brother. So you're sort of hitting it on all fronts and I would say that that's probably a really great recipe for success. I love how you took both the questions I had and flip-flopped it because as soon as you started answering uh, question two about how to have how Colton can have the conversation with his wife to get onto the same page, yeah. and how that. And then this, the second question I had was, you know, dealing with the son, uh, or that was the first one. I love how he flipped it around because it really does come down to once again the united front. Both both pilots of this little person's life are on the same page, and they're making it happen. And it can also uh, lead to the the last question that Colton threw in there. How can I avoid this happening with my two and a half year old? Best part too was an is you threw in the marble jar and the word epic in there, and I really love that. And I hope <laughs> I, I I hope that everyone got the same feeling I got from this because I really felt that we touched on something that is so important for our children. I battle it. I have a twelve year old and a fifteen year old. I battle it. I do too. Every single day, I want I want everybody to have the things they that I didn't have as a kid. I didn't right. you know I I'm looking out my window right now. I have a swimming pool and I remember as a kid I wanted a swimming pool so bad. My son and daughter have grown up with it. So it was one of those things I want them to have it. But at the same thing um this conversation that Colton's having and I love what you said at the said Anaya and this is the thing I guess to to end the show on is that our kids are still kids and this little boy is four and a half. He's not 40 and a half. Right. Because at right. that point... Yeah, that ship has sailed. That ship has unless, sailed. And that for, <laughs> unless that 40 and a half year old is saying, I need to make some changes because the 2008 crash just happened and all that stuff I was working hard for, I've just realized can be taken away in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's a whole different podcast called not rad parenting, just... Adult life. Adult life. Adult life. Yes. Rad adult life. Yeah. There's so there's so much incentive here. This is about loving our children and helping them be their best, helping them know how to respond to boundary setting, helping them to establish healthy relationships and being able to, to know what give and take looks like, having them not de be dependent on stuff and things, but really becoming dependent on the thing that they have an endless resource of, and that is their internal strength and creativity, and, and that's what we want our kids to know because whether we're with them or not, they always have access to that. Absolutely. And it's looking at ourselves and asking ourselves, truly, what does make you happy? And and is it the, the new car? Is it the big house? Or is it the feeling of the love that you have with your kids and how really it just goes that small? You know, And that's such a big feeling. But all those extra things, as you become adult, you, real, you do realize those aren't important. 
And when you learn, teach, and this is a beautiful opportunity to not, some of it our kids are going to have to learn on their own, but to the extent that we have these important realizations in our adult life, if we can help to teach those to our kids, they will have extra, that energy, instead of struggling through it and finding out the hard way, they can put into doing great things in their own lives. And, and, and I want everyone to know, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, and I, I, I might be speaking for you, and Naya, stop me if I'm not, it is hard to do that. It is. It is hard because I'll tell you right now, I go into the gas station. Oh, well, mom, dad, dad, can I get a fidget? A fidget. You know, have you seen the fidget? Is that the spinner thing? Spinner thing. Oh, yes. When I was a kid, you, it wasn't cool to be, you were, stop fidgeting. Yeah. You know, now they make a thing and it's like, yeah. can I have, and, and then instead of just saying, no, we don't need this little death star that's spinning a million miles an hour in our, in our car mm-hmm. and, and then before you know it, because you just don't want to, I get lazy. Oh, yeah. No, I've had days I when I get lazy I and I buy to... the fidget. I have had days when, and it's sort of a regular thing now, it's dying down because I've had consistently been doing it, is I'll just say to my daughter, I will stop taking you into stores if every time we walk into one, you're you're looking for something you can ask for. So if you want to keep coming with me when we have to, whether it's groceries or a Target trip for a birthday or whatever, um, you need to start to show a little self-discipline and, you know, works about 50% of the time. So the struggle is real. We're all in it. I love that you end it with that. Even Anea, the expert, has the struggle out there. Hey, I want to thank everyone, as always, for listening to Rad Parenting. Keep those emails coming. And thank you so much, Colton, for sharing uh, your story and writing such a nice email. I Let us that, know how it works out. Absolutely. Do us, uh, hit us up a follow-up. Uh, also, if you guys want to text us, it is so easy. Uh, text the word parenting to 313131. Keep the emails coming to radparenting at gmail.com. And the last thing I'm going to ask you guys, because it, it does make a difference and we're almost, gosh, we're close to almost 100 reviews on the show. Nice. Can you stop by iTunes and write a little review on the show? Hit the stars. Uh, and and stoke us out because the only way that this show is people find out about it is through those reviews and through word of mouth from you guys. I almost said you guys. Nice, you I caught yourself, Joseph. <laughs> but this is like amazing. Most, my, I'm so impressed that you caught yourself. Yeah, I learned. I'm I'm focused today. Uh, you can keep the emails and uh, I'm sorry, the the reviews coming. With all that said, my name is Joseph and Anaya Bogue, and we all are out of here. My name is Late. Joseph.